And I think that's one of the hard things about fives too, is their intensity. Um, and they're not intense in the way, say, an eight is with will or control, but there's, um, but there's like a kind of a, like sometimes you'll hear people say that fives seem arrogant or harsh, you know? And certainly we can just say things bluntly and be harsh, but, um, but I think some of that just comes across because we're fucking relentless, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, they don't have a game. You like rough sex, and the next thing you know, you're being choked on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres, over the five wing, four or five, eight, trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pressed sexual nine with one nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pressed with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pressed social three wing four with a three six nine trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome to the Big Hormone Enneagram. Uh, We are doing What Sucks About Dating Each Type Part 2. We recorded last time uh, Shitting on Fours that we're going to add into this episode. And so joining us for this episode is uh, my friend Karina Bloom, and she is going to help us with five, six, and seven. So there's going to be a bit of a disjoint where there's the four, and then she's going to be joining us for the two. Uh, So hello, Karina. Hi. <laughs> and and uh, before we introduce, Karina talks about herself, uh, we have a few plugs. So first is mine. Uh, I have a session that I did with uh, Gail Scott on the Enneagram Global Summit. And if you follow the link that should be included in the show description or on our Instagram uh, and you sign up, I get a little money and it's free. If you sign up, but I get a little money. So please do it. Uh, I'm introducing the types from the perspective of how they arise from the centers, the types are basically, um, they literally are the, the pattern or the interaction of the centers. So I do that with Gail Scott. And uh, when this goes out, uh, I think you'll have like two days when you sign up to listen to it. So please do. And then David's got some shit. Yeah, uh, I've got a new Patreon site, uh, patreon.com slash Ennea site, Ennea like Enneagram and site like website. That's for my the book I'm writing, uh, which is taking a elemental, archetypal kind of Jungian approach to the Enneagram and the Enneagram symbol. And uh, as a Patreon member, you'll get some first looks and engage in conversation with me and feedback and stuff like that and questions and, and maybe contribute uh, some ideas. And we started a cool little thing called the love line we got a number that you can call in to leave voicemails comments questions about any sort of romantic relationship questions we haven't gotten a lot of people who've left messages so please leave some messages we're going to take care of you we're going to edit it so it sounds great and it's going to be part of the show so if you want to be involved to end up on the show call 323-696-0647 because we want to be involved in your life. <laughs> we want you to be part of our process. Okay, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> <laughs>
So we want to be a part of your love lives. <laughs> your love lives? David, yeah. did you say that people can get on your Patreon and they have to pay to talk to you? Well, isn't aren't I worth it? I mean, it depends. What are we talking about here? Well, anything you want, baby. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, um, no. Um, Do they get to hear your mouth noises, though? <clears throat> there's that. Always. Okay, perfect. Um, no, but... Um, it's like sneak peeks into the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, uh, publishing a, a mini sort of excerpt from the book each week. As what part about of what a mini sort of excerpt from your bedroom? Well, see, I didn't know you were going to go this far into all of that. That's got to be, <laughs> that's got to be the advanced, you know, extra level. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, introduce Karina and have Karina, Karina, if you could uh, say a little bit about yourself and if you want people to reach you or not and that kind of stuff. Okay. So I'm, um, sexual five. Um, it's not clear my wing. I used to be really super fourish and I've been with a, um, six for 15 years who I've kind of absorbed. So, um, really unfolded six wing. Um, I, um, sexual, probably like, um, I'm, I'm pretty low in both self-present social. <laughs> so, um, if you can be double low, that's probably where I come from, but, um, I've probably had the most training over the years in social. So just because of having to modulate some of the issues that I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, I don't have anywhere right now that I want people to reach me. So I'm okay. all set with that. Yeah. Karina and I were, uh, roommates for a short time. And we're we are good friends now. And uh says so welcome Karina. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. I would love to be Karina's uh roommate. I feel like her voice, <laughs> she could just read me a bedtime story every Yes, night. that's <laughs> what happened. Karina would read me a story every night. Yeah, because I love bedtime stories so much. And Karina <laughs> Let's uh shit on some fours. Aha. Well, David's the only one who has dated before, and you, of course, yourself. So, how about it? <laughs> yeah. So, two. I've been in relationships with two fours, and the thing that comes to mind uh, in terms of the receiving end of dating a four uh, is it's never quite right. Like the four wants a lot of connection, and also wants their individuality, and so there's this constant never able to the partner is never able to strike the right balance. And sometimes there's this experience of like incredible lovingness and like tenderheartedness and then incredible venom and acid, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's like sometimes in the same day and, um, you know, like a lot of criticism. Um, but I think sometimes it has a very personal edge to it that sometimes the one kind of criticism doesn't always have like fours know how to go for, the, the jugular you know like emotional yep. jugular and yeah it's like you can't count on them and i'm including myself in all of this too but you can't count on them or me to like do normal relationship stuff like your sort of expectations of of how a, a relationship should go in a normal sense have to go out the window and some people are down with that and some people aren't but you know maybe somebody's down with a lot of it and then there's parts where it's like come on now you're not the like you're you're, okay you're so special and exceptional now you know it's like obnoxious you know it's like Mm -hmm. um yeah that's what's what's what what sticks out like this this never quite right and it's like you can't like are they gonna play ball are they gonna like be the partner that they sort of have professed to be are they gonna 
be loving now or are they going to be hateful now? This kind of thing. What are some of the like normal aspects of a relationship that fours just don't get on board with? I mean, it can be anything. It depends on the individual four, but you know, it can be like, all right, we're not going to live together is one, uh-huh. you know, silly example or like almost anything that you might you like people all unconsciously have a bunch of expectations for relationships. Right. And so yeah. it's like, um, oh, you're the male, I'm the female or whatever it might be, you know, like, so uh, you're going to do this and I'm not, and I'm going to do it like this, but it's like, I'm going to reverse that or I'm going to fuck with it. Or I'm going to, you know, um, like I, as a male for like, I do identify very strongly with maleness and including that is like, um, sort of male kind of relational roles, um, Mm -hmm. being the active one and, you know, whatever. And, um, but, uh, I'm not like, you know, I don't have a consistent schedule. Like I don't, I'm not like a provider energy at all. Like, I think I'm more fun and in- interesting, but I'm not like going to be providing, like, like being like a source of, you know, help, like income, <laughs> you, know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you know, or like, right, I'm not right. going to go to bed till four or five in the morning and I'm not going to wake up and do normal stuff. I'm not, you know, like, I mean, that's, it's like all dumb and that's just what's coming to me. But yeah, um, yeah. There's always a way that I have to be an exception on like, and I, I don't know I'm doing this consciously, but I'm just sort right. of like, well, these are my preferences. This is what I, this is what I do and am. And it's just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Like everything feels like it's a battle about my own individuality without, like, I don't even know it as like consciously as such, but I, I bring that kind of energy to like a lot of like compromises are kind of hard in that way. You know, it's like, I, I like, I think I'm pretty easygoing about a lot of stuff, but there's a certain line where it's like, no, I'm not going to smile in your fucking picture or no, I'm not <laughs> going to like, I will be in like, like, there's a picture with like a whole family or something like I'm going to not smile in it. And like yeah. going back till I was a child, I'm not smiling in photos. And you know, it's like, that's just how it's going to be. And that's a dumb example, but you know, there's things like that. Right. Right. Yeah. You're just not, just not going to play ball if it's crossing you know, the lines on things that you just don't do. Right. And it could be totally arbitrary, you know, (laughs) like that's the, probably the most frustrating part for a partner is like, uh, you know, again, I'm talking about myself and I'm talking about my experience with having dated fours. It's like, it can be totally arbitrary. What is the line? Like, or, oh, and this is a good one, actually. Like, like, oh, like we're, we're like really vibing. We're really into each other, but, oh, but you eat, you don't eat like, you you eat shitty food, you know, and it's like, ugh, like you're just disgusting now, you know. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, usually it's like an aesthetic thing, like, oh, there's some, like you're into this right. basic shit, or you're, you know, like, whatever, you know. It's like, oh, your taste in this is just horrendous, and it's like, I like, I know my taste in certain things is bad, but it's like, it's not just having good taste versus bad taste. It's like, oh, you have that kind of taste, like you like this kind of. Mm-hmm. pop music like i like some pop music but it's like that kind of pop music is like horrific you know like <laughs> rejected entirely. yeah just like ugh, you know? yeah <laughs> i can't like because it's symbolic of something you know what i mean like it's symbolic of some kind of like character flaw <laughs> that's maybe a way to put it is like everything is symbolic for four so like you might not be tracking the symbols that the four is tracking and right. making judgments based on the symbol can you say uh, more about the symbol piece like yeah what do you mean by symbol symbolic well so like everything is evocative of a mood or association or um let me i'm trying to think of a specific example and 
you know, again, being a four, getting very concrete isn't like, I have the mood of what that feels like, but I, it's hard for me to narrow down on the, uh, in a specific actual in practice event, but it might be like, if you like, all right, it's like, let's say you like country music. Like, like I can be down with like certain kinds of country music that I feel like are like quote unquote authentic, like representative of like actual people that actually lived in a country in the, in the countryside, you know, kind of thing. And like probably had some working class sensibility, but if you like shitty country music, like Kenny country pop, Disney country pop shit, uh, you know, that has all these like links with like, you know, the way people are such dupes about getting exploited by rich people and like, you know, pain, like just shitty sound. And I don't know, like all, it goes on and on and on about like how awful it is. You know, it's not just like, it's not just like, oh, you have bad taste in music. It's like, it, it means all these bad things. It means you're dumb. It means you're mm-hmm. um, easily fooled by total cheese. You know, it means that you're, uh, you're, you're you're interested in this sort of uh up, like you know a lot of these country singers are actually like wealthy people that sort of uh cosplay as working class people totally. so like oh you're sort of like tolerant to that like like you know fucking tourist aesthetic tourism you know kind of thing so that's like a dumb example but what comes to mind does that make sense yeah, that, yeah i mean that's a that's an overt example for me because i i have a specifically country music I have a lot of associations, like uh, like a whole long tail of what that means. Like if you like country music, yeah. like even if you like country music a little bit, I I almost feel like at least ten to twenty percent of you is this rotten thing that I you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, no. Exactly. No, that's like, your forfix. Like there's a part of you that's in, been infected with this thing that I think is just a rotten, festering disease. <laughs> totally. That's it. Exactly. And it can be all kinds of shit that you have no idea. You know, like no. It might be like what fucking neighborhood you live in. You know, like it doesn't, it's, it's stuff that's a lot of times beyond somebody's control. Sometimes it isn't, but you know, they might just be engaging in an innocent part of something. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I recognize it's like just the meat. I recognize that some people, you know, maybe they just grew up with country music and they don't even really identify with all that stuff that I'm associating with it. Uh, they might just like a few songs, but like it's such a um, a full body disgusting response for me that um, I have all these other associations from it. And yeah, it's it's a it's a really a kind of unfair judgment. Honestly. Yes. But, yes. Actually, but, yes. <laughs> but it's there me, nonetheless. For me, it's stuff like smiling family photographs in their <laughs> Facebook profile. Yeah. You know, nice normal people with plaid oh, shirts on. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, you should go check out some of my family's photos. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> to me, we I just all end up wearing plaid. I don't know why. I end up wanting to machine gun those people. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, it, it, is. it is harsh and severe over stuff that most people think is just silly or peripheral to a yeah. person character. It's like a doorway into their very soul, and I hate what I see. Yeah. You know, yeah. like almost every time. And so, uh, yeah, you. It's like there's a people describe walking on eggshells in terms of fours moods and like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's like another, another thing to shit on about fours is like, they're so moody, but like the thing mm-hmm. I think you really got to watch out for is that like that, how that judgment hammer can come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like people case, can sense that, 
even like non-verbally, oh, yeah. I, I've I've noticed that, um, especially with threes, like because they're so um, tracking the Got degrees. Your number, man. Of, yeah, yeah, the degrees of like they're tracking the degrees of whether you're judging them or not. And I've noticed that the threes that I've been with can somehow pick up that I'm a judgmental person, even though I'm consciously trying not to be that way around them because I know that they're tracking me and they're so sensitive to it they somehow pick up that that's a thing for me and maybe because I'm unconsciously being a, a judgmental piece of shit, you know? <laughs> Again, I just wanted to say, say for the listener, what we're talking about here, we're somewhat tangential, but me and Amica both have four of the three fixes and John's obviously a four. So we're just kind of tangent on the, yeah. On what it's like, how on the spiteful four shit. And yeah. I'm just truly shocked that any of you are friends with me at this point. So, <laughs> you know, Alex, Alex is constantly pointing out my four stuff, like because, and she's got a strong three fix, and it's just like, man, that was negative as shit. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also I think it's important to distinguish for people. It's not like fours just want people that are like all oh, unique like like idiosyncratic characters like i like some people that are like very normal you know it's like yeah. i like i i love uh like r&b you know like cheesy uh like you know 112 or like um i don't know like black street you know like really cheesy just like danceable r&b that's like very basic kind of music uh and so it's not like oh it's only the most unique shit but it so the, that's what makes it even more difficult is because it's yeah. hard to gauge where it's gonna come <laughs> right from. right like i i like i like i i was saying to somebody that like i really like that kind of like old school r&b because uh that music is cheesy but it's cheesy because uh, like but if it's one of the places where like uh you know people can artfully sing and express like enthusiasm for sexuality like on its own terms you know it's like mm-hmm. like um there's a song by Mark Morrison called horny and you know, and it's just like, uh, get horny, you know, whatever. And, but it's like, it's like, it's sort of singing about the joy of being horny or like sex, you baby, you know, like, I think that's like, uh, Jeremiah or something like that. Anyway, uh, those kind of songs are like some of the few musical outlets that people have for like directly singing about sexuality in very explicit terms with like actual real passion enthusiasm and love for it but it's got to kind of come through a cheesy lens so like all that in my like mind is like cool that's good you know like <laughs> that because i have a way that it sort of like it makes symbolic sense but then when it comes to like uh i don't know like country music owning like, cowboy boots <laughs> heaven yeah. forbid oh yeah Unless they're like dark country boots, you know, like you're watching a storm come on your ranch where you're, you know, your livestock is about to die and you're, you know, you're like some kind of, I don't know, like. You've, you've, then you definitely don't own a truck. You Yeah, you don't own a truck. Like this Drive is like in, the, in like the 18, you know, 60s. Oh, okay. I got you. You know, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, the four is moody as fuck. Like, uh, you know, like. I hate when people post online that they're like, oh, all my feels, it's just so hard for my partner, you know, and it's not like that. It's just like, you know, you, you like if you're sitting in a car next to a floor, it's like they're not sharing anything, but they're like tumbling through all kinds of dark, it's <laughs> uh, like dark oceans inside and based on nothing that has anything to do with you, but it's, it's like emanating, I think from them and, mm-hmm. and 
you know, they don't want to talk about it, but it's like so present that you're like, what's going on? And then, you know, they are like, uh, I'm, I'm doing my thing right now. You know, and it's this whole like, <laughs> get, you know, leave me the fuck alone kind of uh, feeling that they give yeah. off. Every time I've uh, hung out with you, I've felt some form of that where I'm like, uh, what's <laughs> happening beside me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you're just getting the heat wave. <laughs> stressful. <laughs> I guess that'd be stressful for um, probably the attachment types of Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just like, you know, because they're always looking outside to figure out how they should orient. So you got somebody over here who's in their own world being all smoldering and shit. And you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, is it because of me? Is it something right. I said? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like making the room melt because it's smoldering so intensely. But then you're like, what's wrong for? For is like, fuck off. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Like, what's your problem? You know, like, like, because, you know, whatever. Like, I'd have to explain it to you and that, that's I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, and then you have to like, and then you do explain it. Like, eventually they get you to explain it and then you say stuff and it's like so. Like the explanation itself is going to make them feel so judged and like uh, yep. awful and like mm-hmm. like maybe just kill the whole mood for the whole the whole night or whatever you know it's mm-hmm. like just it's just it's yep. like a toxic oil spill that just keeps spilling and spilling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any anybody else want to shit on a four? So I had uh, oh yeah, you had a thing with the four, didn't you? I had a thing with the four. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I don't know how this is going to frame up or work to even talk about exactly because uh, <laughs> my relationships are always so weird. Um, <laughs> um, I was dating a six, okay, and the whole time that I was dating this four. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. Got it. Check. Okay, so I was my you were double dipping. <laughs> I sure was for about, <laughs> for, for about three years. The oh good old God. double dip oh for three years. Wow, you kept that going, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> good old double dip. So here's and here's here's a major part of it was. Uh, that shouldn't even be that funny. <laughs> I've never heard David laugh like Oh uh, shit. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the six did not know about the four, but the four knew about the six. <clears throat> so so that was part of what made it four-ish, right? Right, was because <clears throat> the four knew the tragic truth of you know that this was a this was an illicit affair right and so it kind of fed her you know for thing of it sort of being fucked up and broken or or whatever right Uh. and um she was spsx so and there was really good sexual chemistry thing and so and it really had the flavor of like two lovers meeting in a hotel kind of thing where you have this just animalistic sex every time you get together. And it's because it is an affair, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it had that kind of energy to it. Anyway, at, at some point, um, 
I don't know what to say about the actual relationship. Um, I only just think about the sex. Let's see. <laughs> That's what else? all that really matters. Yeah. Um, say, none of us are here. <clears throat> well, so at a certain point, you know, we just, you know, I was not going to break up with the six, apparently. Um, <laughs> and we decided to end it, me and the four. And she um, apparently really liked me and, um, you know, kind of collapsed into a, a four thing, right? And sort of, and it was, yeah, it was a vortex and it was, you know, hidden and not communicated. And she would kind of occasionally, you know, uh, give me some kind of aesthetic object, figuratively speaking, um, as a symbol, really, of, you know, kind of what was going on for her, um, including some music and things like that. Um, yeah, she was just collapsed into herself and sort of couldn't tell me about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That symbol thing is like really under understated or un, under not emphasized enough in four. Mm -hmm. Like in how people normally understand four that if the three is like the camera image on the self, four is like the symbolic, you know, image on self or, you know, it's like instead of thinking about it in terms of like not in terms of like literal image or like how i look but it's in it's everything is symbolic everything is representative of something else and it's right before you get into the head center where as courtney says like you know nothing is what it is for the heads type it's like everything's representational or you know means something else like for uh understands themselves in the world and makes sense of things through symbol and so everything has symbolic significance and so yeah it's like talking about something like is not really it doesn't really do anything or it's like you have to engage even like the mourning process like that symbolically yeah it was it was um i don't know if there were even any tears you know it was, but she was obviously you know just completely in there in that same space where there normally would be tears mm -hmm. of any other type but yeah hmm. about the about the symbol thing <clears throat> like one way to say it to me is like I don't know if this is a good elabor elaboration on what you're talking about, John, but like, like a fetish, like the literal fetish, you know, or a talisman, like a, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like you're, con it's like you're condensing uh, emotional content into a very small space. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Let's, <laughs> let's shit on some fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Karina's terrible so far. Yeah, yeah oh, this is pretty awesome. bad. Thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Not being a positive outlook type, I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so interviewing my partner of 15 years, the biggest thing that I, um, sort of the theme that I could see is how hard it is to find a way to dock with your five if you're in a relationship with a five. And I also want to say, I'm not clear on whether we're just talking about what sucks to be a lover with a five or what sucks to be, you know, sort of in any kind of situation with a five, because there's a difference. I think all sort of romantic, uh, romantic. Okay. Re, you know, react situations with that type and everything that we hate about it. Okay. So this is like romantic sexual. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so he's, so from the, from that interview, I, I learned some things that are embarrassing because after 25 years, you think, you know, all this shit about yourself. Um, but, uh, but I'll share that. So, so, um, so one of the things he was talking about in terms of how hard it is to dock with me is um how like uh he can just he has friends he can just he's a six and he has friends he can just he says shoot the shit with right and so he can go all over the place he can be talking to 
his friend Dean about, I don't know, goofing around, right? And then maybe they get serious for a little bit and they goof around again. And so with me, it's not that easy flow. Like I don't go with the flow. I like, he has to actually, he kind of says like I, the, the thing that stands out to me from listening to the five podcasts recently is they said it has to be on their terms. Um, and I sort of have really not recognized how much things have to be on my terms in order to talk with me, but that's what he's saying. And he's basically saying, um, he's always second guessing himself about what's going to put me off. And of course he's a six, so sixes do that. But, um, but it just demonstrates like, you know, there's some way that he has to make sure that I'm, you know, on board with whatever he brings. Like I won't get on his train essentially. Right. Unless it's Mm. just right for me. And so then, um, part of that is what I call parsing. Um, and so it's not nixing his assertions altogether if he comes at me with something, but I'll come back with like, okay, but it's this, not that exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then I'll just go launch into what, how it's not that exactly. And what he hears is like, um, not really, you know, he hears basically a rejection of whatever he's saying. And what I think I'm saying is, yes, but, you know, <laughs> not like that at all to them. Anybody, I'm, you know, it just sounds like, yeah, fuck you, you know. Um, so which, you're just you dissecting. Know, I, I, yeah, I'm dissecting, parsing, you know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, but let's unfold this, right? And so, but it's not that, it's a yes, but in sort of like in the sense of, um, say, um, improvisational play, one of the first things you learn is yes, and is important mm-hmm. for, you know, um, the kind of interaction that gets playful and is fun. And so, so I was really gaining a sense that when I'm in stress, I'm so not fun. And obviously, I don't <laughs> think anybody's really just a great time when they're stressed, but, um, but uh, yeah, it's just like this constant, like, I guess people might think of it as nitpicking, but nitpicking can also be rigid. This is just more like overly expansive and overcast with no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny to me, Karina, because I think one of the things I, that I miss most about hanging out with you is like uh, how much we tell jokes and laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, I yeah. don't know if that's the the massive fiveness in me or something, you know, and <laughs> the four in you or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I um I don't know, but um yeah. So like I said, it's just like stre- when I'm stressed, it's just even harder to talk with me. And once I I feel like um you know I had to learn to be re- like how to get on board with groups and in in socially essentially because when I was a kid, it was always um you know, I was too much, right? The intensity, I had a lot of intensity. So, um, so I was too loud, you know, learn to learn that your voice carries Karina, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and so, or I was just intense. And I think that's one of the hard things about fives too, is their intensity. Um, and they're not intense in the way, say an eight is with will or control, but there's, um, but there's like, a kind of a, like sometimes you'll hear people say that fives seem arrogant or harsh, you know, and certainly we can just say things bluntly and be harsh. But, um, but I think some of that just comes across because we're fucking relentless, you know? Uh Yeah. Um, John, you described kind of like, um, the end of the five podcast, sort of like fives are, have a constant project of unfolding the dimensions of reality or whatever they're doing. Right. It's like, whatever their focus is, it's like, this is what life's about. And then for other people, it's like, yeah, there's a time and a place for that. 
or, but that's not how I want to live, you know, right, <laughs> like I'll right. do a psychedelic journey sometimes maybe, or I'll have a long conversation that's really deep with somebody every 10 years or something, you know, whatever they do, but that's not fiveness. Fiveness is I'm going to delve right. Constantly. Yeah. Never, so there's a relentless, never yeah, there's a relentless and an intensity of delving that I think, um, I'm a therapist largely because most people don't want to do that. And so they can now they pay me to do that. <laughs> um, and so like some of my clients would describe me as a psychedelic drug, you know, it's just like, get on board with me and then we go there. Um, but the, but the thing is that can be really awful for the lover, that relentlessness, because there's like not a recognition of like the rest of what's going on, <laughs> like, like their lives aren't that. And so, you know, I just, it, it has taken a while for people in relationship to, um, that who are not fives to kind of learn how to live with somebody who doesn't have all these parts of life in a way, right. Who just has their project as their main life. If that makes sense, a project as a life, that's kind of what you were describing. Absolutely. Before, Absolutely. I could uh, probably uh, echo some of that with um, not having dated a five, but just having a five fix and noticing John has a five fix and a five wing as well. And this sort of over specific, intensely specific kind of intense focus on an interest. I mean, everybody has interests and hobbies, but like maybe you just in a conversation, you casually mention it, but people that are fives or that have five fixes can just, uh, run a train on a hyper specific topic to the point of there's no way anybody else on planet earth besides what? them would be uh be able to keep up like what it's, it, what, it, what it feels like for five or five wing is like it's not like you have a hobby or interest it's like your life is the interest and then everything <laughs> else yeah is doing the bullshit to maintain the focus yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so when uh so when you're with somebody who's a lover and they have these things that you think of as a bullshit they're like it's not bullshit you know like this is part of my life like on the rest of their yeah like the rest of their life and so that's part of the issue of docking with a five is also you know like learning their map or learning my map, but also kind of being able to wave and say, Hey, you know, this, this map over here is totally valid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and I think that's also true with fives in relationship with fives. Like there's a whole other map, you know, there's a whole other version of what's, what the focus is, what the, what the thing to be intense about is. Right. I, uh, I don't know if this is more four or more five, but since we're talking about both, I ex I experience this a lot when I'm talking to either Emika or John. <laughs> when I'm like relating a lot Watch of what it, I Nancy. do, no, I will not. <laughs> a lot of what I do to like exist with a, another person is try to relate to them because I'm a fucking three. And so when I try to relate to Emika or John, they're always like, "Yeah, well, it's not quite that." Like, let me tell you, and I'm just over here like, "God damn it!" Separating, <laughs> I never separating, get separating. It. Right. And it's so frustrating <laughs> because I'm over here like, I'm just trying to be friends with you. <laughs> it's almost like someone says something and I immediately see the holes in it. It's like I see everything that's not what they're trying, like what they think they're trying to say. And I have the compulsion to to say, no, it's not. That's not what you're whatever it is you're saying. I don't I'm not there. This is where it is. And it's like this sort of friction that happens. 
And I'm just over here like a ragged, exhausted human. Like, oh my god, I just wanted to. I just wanted to relate to you. Find some commonality. I just wanted to find common ground. I didn't ask for this. And and the other part of it is that it feels like if I really wanted to, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not a five, but line to five and five fix. I feel like I could continue doing that. Like they would never be common ground. I we could I could always find Mm -hmm. something. That does not match about yeah it does true. feel like you could always do that <laughs> uh, no, to, i mean there, there's this sort of like i i think for somebody with a five component uh it feels like you're being really kind when you're like yeah that's in common like you know they're not there's nothing in common but you're sort of like giving it to them you know like you're yeah. sort of okay i'll let them have this one and- yeah exactly <laughs> It's well, like that's I'm what just... Art was saying I never do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's what I'm calling parsing, where you basically like, no, no, you know, well, it's more like this, you know, so that's as diplomatic as I tend to be is like when I'm in that mode or a stressful version of that is like, oh, well, you know, I, it's sort of like this instead. Let me explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten better at saying, uh, you know, adding little qualifiers before I just go on my train of, you know, I don't want to invalidate what you're saying, but let me invalidate what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder, uh, Karina, about touch and fives, like how, how in terms of re- relationship and stuff, uh, like is, is, is touch a, interesting. an issue? Yeah. Well, so, um, again, the phrase on my terms comes, Mm. so like, again, the sort of docking, it's like, it matters. It's not about, okay. So first of all, touch has for me has to be like, so real. Like you don't generate any kind of bullshit around me, you know, don't generate like mood lighting. (laughs) um, No salt lamps. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just, you know, no, no, um, no, like, I don't know if you guys ever heard the brand bread from the seventies, but there used to be sort of this television um, commercial called the best of bread, <laughs> you know, when they were like <laughs> soft focus, you know, a girl like who's really blurry blowing out a dandelion in the wind, you know, and some awful music that was like supposed to be romantic, but was totally nined out or whatever. So um, anyway, so that kind of thing, um, whatever the fake version of that is, I hate. And so, um, that's part of anybody who's going to get close to me knows that really quickly, right? Like, oh, to get close is to get real in a way is to get is to touch is to touch what's here, you know, who's here, like, and from who's there over there. So for me, if somebody is in that mode, then touch feels totally welcome. And I guess the only time it wouldn't be is if I'm absorbed in something, right? So, um, so which when are you not doing that? (laughs) Well, yeah, but I can be absorbed because I love, you know, I can be totally absorbed in interacting with him too. And so that's part of it is to dock with me with touch is like, I want to be engaged verbally. I'm very verbal. Right. And so, um, um, but there are also times when, um, like, I hate body upkeep. This is part of my low self-presence. I mean, I hate I hate repetitious things that you have to do over and over again <laughs> to keep yourself <laughs> going, you know. And so, um, and, you know, being a five, it's just like, uh, so Art was saying, you know, okay, um, maybe I don't eat or I don't drink water or I didn't used to sleep and stay up all night, um, which, you know, again, investigating some shit all night. And then, um, or I'd neglected basic hygiene, you know, <laughs> <again>. <laughs> and, um, which, you know, that wasn't a problem when all we used to do was have sex in the beginning. You know, that was all we did all the time was had sex. So I didn't eat, but I, that was my project. Right. <laughs> and, 
um, and so we would be in like whole whole eras like that still over the last 15 years you know but the um but then there are other modes when i'm just completely in some other project and i'm i mean neglecting all of this for the sake of that and then he comes in to you know be close or whatever because we just generally spend a lot of time doing different things now and then we just come in and talk with each other you know and um so he comes he comes in to be close after a long time of not and i have neglected all these things and then i have to go take care of those things you know? <laughs> because because i realize i have a body you know there and and then i was like oh shit, i have to go to the bathroom or i have to go do this or take care of that and i said so what's the matter with that and he said yeah tell them that too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's problematic too that you don't even get that that's from. So, um, <laughs> but you know, so touch is also like there's a rhythm and a way to come in that I think as a six, he's really taught me a lot about like, you know, like how to catch his wave, right? How to catch the rhythm of the moving with him because I was also super, super self-conscious of my image in the beginning, like um, the beginning of the basically the first um, 35 years of womanhood <laughs> or femalehood. And, um, and so touch also, um, has made like the way that he comes in with me. I just feel so much less, um, self-absorbed in some way. Like I completely come out and have learned to, um, follow the energy of what's happening into whatever it is, you know, which is always the reason I like sex anyway, since young age because i very young age because i felt like um you know that energy of what happens in the midst of touch would take would take re, you know whatever's possible here to an entirely different realm you know and uh, in other words um the energy that's involved in touch was just totally welcome to me so once i'm in it i really am in it yeah joseph had uh thought about um possibly coming on the call because he dated a couple fives he told me that <laughs> one of the things that that was really jarring about fives is that they weren't reading him so he always felt kind of they can make him feel kind of alone but mm. um they're also pretty intense and direct i mean these are men uh so it's mm. like this thing where you know let's say we're like he described like let's say they're on the couch watching a tv show or maybe it's like some like positive nice tv show all of a sudden like you know this guy that he's seeing is pulling his pants down you know just sort of like there, there's no it can be really jarring that the the five isn't necessarily reading or getting in the flow of mm. when things might or should happen um mm -hmm. and so there's a little kind of like an autistic approach to mm. uh like he said the way he described it is that there's they don't have a game. <laughs> it's, it's like just like, oh, we're interested in the same stuff. Let's 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 meet up tonight. Or you like rough sex, and the next thing you know, you're being choked on a couch. <laughs> you know, just like there's a sort of like a really autistic. It's not. Like there's, there's a not concept a of it, and this sort of, and there's instead of an actual translation, there's a concept that's moved into a thing that they imagined. Right. In terms of like. Uh, Oh, this is how something, this is how this works. Oh, you say you like this. All right, I'm going to do that. Or mm -hmm. we have these common interests. Let's right. meet up. You know, there's sort of a direct uh, intensity. A direct correlation between yeah. this. Right. Like yeah. this, this is. Whereas a lot of other types might, um, you know, flow into it or talk their way into it or feel it out where um, a five. Save birthday sex. <laughs> a five is going, you know, uh, very directly into the thing that makes sense or. Um, there's sort of like a 
you know, in, in the mental center, I guess it's like, well, one plus one equals two. So, you know, you're interested in me, you know, we're sitting next to each other, let's have sex. Or, you know, right now I'm in the middle of this, like inappropriate, not necessarily the best time, but um, I think he made the example that the show Dexter, which I think the, the characterization oh, no. of that person is like, uh, like, you know, like a five-ish, very detached person where they're just is that the there. doctor who is autistic? No. The, the serial killer, Dexter. The serial oh, okay. killer that kills people that are bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's, like, okay. it's like he sublimates his like negative need to kill impulses by killing like bad guys or something. But he kills them yeah. in like really grotesque ways too. Like it's yeah. not chill. Okay. So like they're just sitting on the couch and and next thing you know he's going down on on his girlfriend uh just like they were watching a Christmas show or something and she was like what are you doing? And and he's like, "Well, I wanted to have sex, so I started I started." And it's <laughs> so like you know that's that's so sort of a five thing like what? <laughs> Like, they're not here with you, but they're just yeah. doing, you know, the things. Yeah, I think every five, including myself, I've met has some kind of spectrum, autistic spectrum type of behavior somewhere. You know, mine doesn't happen to be an interaction in terms of like that. <laughs> but I can say that, like, um, there have been times like what it reminds me of is my friends, like we're in some kind of transition going somewhere and I keep a conversation going or I start talking about something in the middle of when everybody needs to have their attention on something else. You know, so that's a kind of an autistic, like I'm oh. totally not paying attention to what situation we're in because I'm kind of like in my own context. Right. But, um, but in terms of actually, um, <laughs> in terms of actually going from concept of you know like rough sex to choking somebody i don't relate to that yeah i mean what you're saying i'm like it sounds like a low sexual honestly or something like oh that. yeah these or, these guys know, were like, sexualized yeah. also so there's also this thing i think this would relate to i mean even though five's one of the withdrawn types um there's also along with the intensity and sort of relentlessness there's an intentionality that is active and i think and that's part of it i think when you're talking about emika with the kind of like little autistic thing there is there's a way that fives can catch the train of their own intentionality and then just drive it like a train you know like so yeah. oh intention is rough sex oh choke you know like it's <laughs> <laughs> how a person gets there right because um because i mean you have to bypass a lot of shit to get there but but there is that complaint about fives like okay they're driving a train and going in. How, do, how does anybody catch on to that? You know, part of the intensity is like, um, I was saying, like having a booming voice when I was a kid, but also I speed up, you know, and people, like you said at some point earlier, like, how do I ever catch up with that? You know, like, how do I ever, ever get on that train? And then of course, when I'm with nines in groups, I have to be really sensitive. I've learned because, um, because they'll end up blaming me for being left out, right? And so um, so if I have something to say or if I take the group to a certain place, now I make sure that I um, that I draw people out, you know, and weave in whatever their intentionality is. Because they know that a lot of people don't even realize they can have intentionality in a space. They're just there going with the flow, right? And uh -huh. I say that about nines, but that's really about most of us. Most of us are more passive than we mm -hmm. realize. Um, and so, and myself included sometimes, but there is that kind of intentionality that can take up a lot of space. And um, I think eights face that too. Like, how do I deal with the fact that I, you know, take up a lot of space and people are blaming me for that but maybe eights don't care <laughs> they're blaming yeah I, a fear type and i and i get you know i'm doing that stuff because i learned to do that stuff because i 
fear of being blamed, you know? And that's, that's a really great point because that's something that um, Joseph uh, mentioned. It's part of the experience that fives are withdrawn, but they're very, um, it can come off seemingly aggressive in, ten, in terms of they, they know exactly what they want um, yeah. in, in the mental center. Like they've already made up their mind and they're so specific about their interests that if they show an interest in you, that that hyper-focus is now focused on you. So, you know, a lot of times people um, who think there might be fives are, are coming from the nine space, uh, mm. don't really understand the sort of intentional focus and the sort of directness that uh, having that sort of specificity about what they're interested in. And so when a five is interested in you, it's like, let's go, you know? Let's, you know, there's not, it's not vague. It's so specific. And also it's like, they're not easy, easy people to get on board with either. So um, right. you, can, you can appreciate that if a five is interested in you, it's going to be pretty um, more direct than, you know, other types, just because they're very intentional about the things that they're interested in, which well, might right. scare some people yeah. off. Yeah. And that intentionality is mental. So it's really fast. You know, it's coming mm -hmm. like and so then it pisses people off or in their body, you know, whether they're nine or not, because it's like, you know, there's the rest of this reality going on, you know, like, <laughs> and like, it's not all about your fucking head, you know, so even if, even if whatever is being discussed has a huge mental component, I mean, David, I don't know if you're still on the call because you haven't really said much. And so I think of you because you're so just in my body over here. <laughs> <laughs> true for you Dave? have you been in a relationship with a five like between the relentlessness and the and sort of the mental speed is there is it hard that way for a nine i haven't been in a relationship with a five i've just mm -hmm. had you know uh semi friendships you know kind of online folks let's see i'm trying to think if there's yeah i don't think i've had any real life five friends all online and so forth Five is weird. It's, uh, I mean, it's interesting to, to do that contrast because like the way I do the Enneagram is by sort of being with the types in my body, right? Like, like that's how I find them and, mm -hmm. and understand types is to incorporate them. And, you know, I'm, it's some kind of abstract intuitive process or whatever but five of course is the the type that you really can't do that with very well right mm -hmm. it's the, it's the worst one to try to bring on board to your body because mm -hmm. like it's it's um it's got a quality about it that's sort of severed at the head or something you know mm -hmm. it's anyway it's interesting mm -hmm. the one thing that i was going to ask uh about uh five is has your partner complained about some inability to meet him emotionally? So you're asking about like, but, but what your question was, was about how, uh, well, the stereotype is, is, you know, fives are detached emotionally, they, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I, I wonder if there's anything to that. Is that a thing that your partner has complained about? Um, I don't know. Just wondering. Yeah. What he says is they get into modes, you know, where it's like, like sometimes it's easier to dock with me that sometimes my moat is larger than other times, you know? And if I'm doing something that's not in my body, that's one thing, but I've also gone through eras of my life where I'm really not in my emotions, you know? And that's mm -hmm. 
that's I gotta say as a five one of the biggest learnings for me is that the farther away from my emotions and my body for that matter I am the the less healthy I am okay so and um and really for me especially emotions are a key like if I don't get in contact with those and express them to completion and you know in some healthy way then um <laughs> then uh I'm just a ball of everything that's the worst about a five okay um, so yeah, so that's a lot of why I thought I was a four for the first 10 years of sort of personal growth shit was because, um, because I was just like, it was like an elastic band. It was just horrible. Like every time I would have emotions, it would be a mess because most of the time I was out of touch with them. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'd say my first husband, um, would complain about how I would be so out of touch and then explosive. Right. That's the way I think he would describe it. That's interesting. All right. I think we've sufficiently illustrated how terrible five is. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> Always here to help. <laughs> we got to make sure that we, um, um, sixes and sevens are going to want a lot of abuse. So uh, we, we can't hold back. Well, okay. I th yeah, I think there's plenty of uh, people plenty of the energy to shoot on sixes here. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm saying that specifically for seven because we tend to like, not give seven enough. Yeah, they they gonna they're gonna need extra. Yeah, they've been yeah. sliding for decades, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Everybody thinks see, being a seven is just the thing to be like that is if that's some sort of enlightenment. So, it's not, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Baby. Yeah. We're taking but you six down, is, babies. Six is easy to shit on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> six will shit on themselves. He's actually so Karina's in relationship with a six. Who else has dated a six? Well, I have. everyone I've, is. I've, I've up never been with a six. Yeah, okay. I've dated a six. Yeah, I've. I don't. I haven't dated a six for, but I've hooked up with. <laughs> I haven't dated dated a six, but yeah, I have hooked up with them. I'm a six specialist. <laughs> he's got. So, he's got. So tell us what that means. Tell us what that means. Yeah, what no, does that no, mean? David? That means I know how to fight with them really well. No, do um, you? Do you? <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> um, my my six is a textbook sort of um, sexual self press, really low social, counterphobic as shit six, you know. But he's counterphobic, like as in react, react, react against everything, you know, in this giant counterphobic way. But he's also was a firefighter, so he's counterphobic in the sense of run right towards that shit, you know. What's the How most that annoying? Yeah, what's the, that's the what's the shitty aspect? <laughs> what's, what's the shitty aspects? Um, Let's see what sucks about it. Okay, sixes can can kind of use humor as a way to get out of anything. And I think um, I think when he's scared, he flees a lot, and but he finds a way to get out. So humor is a way he can escape, right? Huh. Um, and he kind of it's a I guess it's an aspect of being phobic too to to escape. But basically, he can be what he calls a slippery fish, yep. and that drives me crazy. So he'll move out of things like he'll defocus my focus and try to control my, my relentlessness by you know slipping out into some other thing in some way that I don't notice I notice but it kind of like that's not even worth it because by the time you're done grabbing a slippery fish right like if you're holding a catching a fish and it keeps slipping out of your hands like pocket it's not worth it anymore and so they kind of wear you down by slipping away yeah um yeah see. I would say the sixth thing is a lot of not knowing, like this sort of unspecified anxiety about things. So to sort of get clarity 
they'll push mm-hmm. into one side, which generally means I'm the problem or I'm being accused of stuff uh, be, that they don't even, they're not even sure of. It's sort of like, you know, stabbing in the dark uh, because then you're sort of as a reactive type, they're forcing you to react to this sort of uh, accusation or uh, thing that they're worried about. So you have to like, in order to correct it or to say that that's not true, you have to sort of be reactive. And so, you know, a six will just create conflict through that sort of head type. I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going to accuse you or I'm going to start some shit type <laughs> of thing that they're doing. And it can be exhausting. And but it's in a head center is because it's the head center, it's nonstop and it's constant and it's fast. It's oh, like, right. you, uh-huh. you know, like it's <laughs> like, oh, you, you, this is going to happen. And you're like, no, it's not going to happen. Or you kind of walk through it. Or you did this. I thought you did this. I felt that you did this. And you're like, no, actually, this is what I did. And then it's just like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you're just like, we just like spent 15 minutes fighting about some bullshit that you were worried about. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Uh So the worry drives you crazy. Well, it's like you can be worried, but just like leave me out of it. Once, once, (laughs) once, once you start like making shit up about what you think I might have done or you think that you heard somebody said I might have done or you feel that I'm doing it's like I have a problem when things aren't factual because it's like if it's coming out of your mouth and it has to do with me you better fucking make sure that what you're saying is true and if it's not then um yeah we have a problem Mm. (laughs) this is um so you know like I said I've never been in a romantic relationship of any kind with a six but I have a six brother and a six sister all right and what this is reminding me of that's like dawning on me that probably i've never heard articulated elsewhere but it's probably very frustrating to anybody in relationship with a six is that as a super ego type they often have very strong ideas about what x or y relationship should look like or be like Mm. so like uh just to give an example my brother um like you know we're we're, we don't like talk much or something but then he might reach out to me and I'm shitty. So I like don't respond very well. And then he'll send text me or call me and give me a lecture on how I should be a brother and show up and blah, 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 blah. And it's like a whole sort of uh, litany of complaints based on his super ego uh, sense of what X relationship or Y relationship ought to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've experienced that. I've also as a nine also with sixes, there's a lot of, you know, an undercurrent of why aren't you reacting as much as I am to this thing, this <laughs> stimuli? I mean, like I had one six, we had a incredibly healthy relationship where she would yell right in my ear um, to try to get me to just react. Uh, I'm teasing, <laughs> of course, about the healthy part. I mean, we were, that was actually like a really intense relationship where we hated each other. Um, but that was what the whole relationship was based on was hating each other. Um, and yeah, I mean, she would literally yell at the top of her lungs right into my ear because I was being so non-reactive and still And it. And, you know, and she was the kind of person who was super nervous, you know, the kind of person who would like imagine that she's hearing termites in her walls and stuff. And, you know, just all of those kinds of just um, fearful, panicky things. And, you know, thinking that her world is crumbling around her kind of stuff. So anyway, that's one of my six stories. Most of my long-term relationships have been sixes, but they've all been really different sixes, every one of them. 
Um, also, I've got my girlfriend right next to me, Alex, who's a nine. And so it's really awkward talking about all my old relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Is she next to you right she's, now? She's right next to me with her head on my shoulder. <laughs> she can't hear any of the conversation. So it's, uh, I just thought I'd throw that in because it's, well, it's good comic relief, but it's true. She's here. <laughs> One of the things um, that has uh, driven me nuts about six is is, um, is when there's sort of a, I don't know if this is part of being a compliant type or, well, no, I don't think so because this is six particular. So um, putting in a pedestal and then knocking your shit off. Right? Oh, so yes. Both yeah. of them yeah, yeah. suck. Like on a, a sort of like neither one of them are relating, right? Um, but I also mm. think it's not like every moment that that's happening is invalid. I've had clients who are sixes and I've watched them go through the process of, you know, cause with a therapist, there's sort of that, Oh, like, you're great. You're helping me. And no matter how much you try to say, okay, well, um, but you know, you're your own person and you know, you're know you creating this for yourself or whatever. Um, any way you try to put that back on them, that's not really going to work. So you can expect that there's going to be some point where they're going to refuse all of it and go into this whole other life, you know, sort of this Bob Dylan, like, no, I'm a Christian after all, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's like a whole <laughs> flip onto another reality. Right. And so that's one of the things I've learned to deal with, but it's also like an, an arts done version of that. Like I'm a photographer. No, I hate photography. I'm going to sell all my equipment. You know, like, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big um, issue with sixes that um, I think we've talked about Courtney on, on the call here. She's talked about how like sixes will just give up, give their power away to someone else. And, but eventually they swing back you know, yeah. it's not com- it's not completely, but eventually, even if they're giving you authority and influence, they're constantly testing you. And at some point they might just go, no, you're shit. Like, right. and yeah. so <laughs> it's like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for you to give me any sort of authority in your life. This is something mm-hmm. you just did all by yourself. Um, right. And then there's you know, that blame, right? Like, uh, regardless. Yeah. So yeah, that's that, they're that gonna, is, they're gonna blame you for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're they're gonna blame you for taking up space in their life that you never that they gave you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they made space for you and themselves that you didn't take up. That's that's annoying. Yeah, like art left for um we went through all this stuff and kind of resolution finally happened. And then and then he's like, you know what, I just gotta take a year on my own and just travel. And I was like, wait a second, we just go through all this. <laughs> what are you saying? You know, and I hadn't realized the extent to which he was sort of kind of hanging in there and doing, doing the loyalty thing, you know, hmm. um, and and the extent to which he didn't really feel like he had his he had his own authority over his life. And of course, at that point, I was like, well, are you going to commit to come back? He said, no, I can't do that. That would be, you know, beside the point. <laughs> I can't if I did that. And so. <laughs> I was like, great, well, see you then. I'm going to go get in relationship with somebody else, you know? And, um, and he's like, great. So, I mean, eventually he came back around and he's like, no, I really want to be in a relationship with you, you know? But it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but that's an example, right? Like kind of going in these these really intense different directions. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's just, you know, sixes can be really erratic. And, you know, sort of like the way you can't, you, I think you mentioned that you can't pin them down with like nines are really hard to um sort of grasp and that's that's like in the body center but sixes are doing that same thing in the in the head center where it's like they can be really erratic in in terms of their viewpoints um you know decisions like going back on themselves being contra being contradictory 
there you go. Like being contradictory is an, an element of sickness that can be really frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just built in. But one of the modes I think sixes can get into is being in their heads. And when they're in their heads, like sort of philosophizing or doing something that's like, um, that's like a logical, you know, sort of procession of things. And it's not logical at all. It's a little bit like when ones have their idea of certain things that are right and they have the reasons why. And as a five, I can dissect all those reasons, you know, but with a six, I mean, used to be art would like go drinking and then he'd have all these ideas about how the world is. And it's like, to me, there's just, um, one of the things I like that Russ Hudson talks about is that there's a way for head types to be online with an actual headspace. <clears throat> and then there's just all the crap we do in our head when we're actually not online with that, <laughs> which, um, which I think sixes are a great exemplar of for candy. Oh, the other thing, I guess, with being attachment types and uh, there's a thing with sixes staying, complaining about a situation, but staying in that situation. They don't not help leave. themselves. Right. And like, I've seen this happen with uh, my two, my closest friends are sixes in, in romantic, in the romantic space where it's like, you're having a problem with this person and you're complaining about it and you have all these problems, but you're staying in it and justifying, like, I'm doing things the right way. Why isn't this working? I'm like, you could just leave. <laughs> you could just end it. But it just, you know, staying in, in, in relationships uh but still just complaining and you know accusing but you know it's a way to sort of keep the bond going and it's attachment right yeah mm-hmm. that's an attachment type yeah um i so i think my my partner who's a nine i think is a nine six two right david i think we went with nine six yeah uh-huh um so the sacrificial lamb and that that six loyalist is just the shit when it's (laughs) when it's focused on the wrong thing man like he was at this job for 11 years and they just Mm -hmm. trampled him every single day and it was like watching a person in a in a abusive relationship just keep going back to the person who literally just gives them head injuries like (laughs) like why why would you do that and they're like because I have to and it's like no you don't you don't have to and there's just this have to ness is a duty it's a duty and it's yeah (laughs) and there's never any duty you can always do whatever the fuck you want to do and the thing about that you know that's part of the literature that a lot of sixes will read and say you know i don't do that but it shows up in their in in, in their lives in subtle ways like you're not like literally a slave but there's a way that sixes will do uh duty to certain situations or certain relationships um, and just stay in them, even though they're not, you know, they're, it's not working for them. And it's something that they complain about constantly. Yeah. It's like, why are you still uh, in that? So they, in a way, we talk about nines who sort of stuck and, mm-hmm. and are, like sixes are, are doing a similar, can do a similar thing with their style of attachment and just being stuck in a pattern that supports them or supports something that they don't want to let go of. Yeah, that that sense of duty can really just like plow through every other sense of logical reasoning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's something in the masochism too that's mm-hmm. part of the the sexual relationship. Sometimes, yeah, you know, um, 
something about that, you know, quality about sixes that is sort of sacrificial, that it's like they mm -hmm. want to be broken and that comes into the bedroom too. No, I, I don't know I if that's don't, a I don't know that, about that. I don't know if that's a terrible thing, David. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess I forget we're doing terrible things. Um, I keep forgetting. Focusing on the positive. Sixes are wanting to be whipped by daddy. <clears throat> I think I slept with the wrong six. Shit. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Spank me daddy. That's what that's the new name for six. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah wow I, I definitely slept with the wrong six yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> i could, I could right? introduce you to a few uh, perfect <laughs> i've never been a dominatrix i want to try it out and a lot of times i feel like that complaining aspect is sort of like at least you know in terms of my dynamic with sixes is like they're looking for some like gut energy some solid energy that's just going to shut them up like you know like settled like ground them in sort of because they're just going all over the place just like rattling yeah. and, like they need someone who's gonna be like you know ground them in reality and be like no you're just you're full of shit you know yeah that sort of a thing like bring you down to earth i think it's kind of, I, I always view sixes as like the normal like they're just the normal guy or gal um like i don't know if you guys ever watch spongebob but like when spongebob <laughs> no we're adults nancy <laughs> sorry but well someone's gonna get it <laughs> i'm not just talking to you guys Jeez. um when spongebob got all of his edges smoothed out <laughs> and he just was walking around he's like hi i'm normal like that's a six to me and so yeah. <laughs> they're just like hey, where were you <laughs> What, what so that one of the difficult things about for me about that with a six lever is um is this sort of like you want to like if I say wow look at this way you're magnificent or I'm really you know I toss that in his direction there's a six compulsion to be no 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 I'm a normal guy <laughs> you know like no 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 you just no and so there's this, there's this out of hand like swatting away uh, because there's just such an attachment to being that normal guy, sort of like the yeah. Bruce Springsteen, I'm going to wear regular clothes, even though I'm a giant mega rock star person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to be normal. Right, right. Do I have to accepted. be normal. Well, and maybe that's an attachment, have to be, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm attached to this particular, and that's, I think there's a certain way in, sixes do image in that sense. Like they do their ego, like an image in a sense, like I'm a normal guy or I'm a, I'm a this or I'm a that, you know, some concept. There's also normal in the sense of I'm not crazy because sixes are kind of worried that they're crazy. Yeah, right? they're always kind of worried they're going to lose their mind. <laughs> so are <laughs> all of us. Snap. We're all worried about that. <laughs> well, and for some reason, Too Art's late. worried about being seen as social. Like he really is attached to this idea that he's in, kind of proud of himself being like, mm. you know, that he's way more social than he gives himself credit for. And sure enough, he'll be on his own a lot, but he kind of like wants that loner guy thing. You know, that's what I mean. It's sort of a image that he likes and he kind of is sort of, he's attached to it. It's cute. <laughs> it is cute, but it's also like, you know, there's something edgy for me at least about somebody hanging on to a thing about themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that, no, that's totally like attractive. That's funny. That's, yeah. that's Edgy for a five is attachment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, what is thinks we're edgy? You have to be this solid thing. Like, why do you have to think that think you're this concept and then be it and then have that override reality? I don't understand. <laughs> when it's That's all evidence that you're not that. You're, you're, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm so glad someone finds that edgy because <laughs> we're over here just living in hell. Anyway, yeah. I think we've we've hit six pretty yeah. well. We need to bring the big guns out for seven because those motherfuckers want the pain. They deserve it. I've dated uh, sevens. I've dated sevens more so than any type. So. Oh, I don't think I've ever dated a seven. So. I got a lot. I lost my virginity to a seven. Yeah. I did too, actually, now that you mentioned what? that. Yeah. <laughs> the same I mean, seven getting around. <laughs> <laughs> what I hate about sevens is that the positive type outlook they can't, they just think they're the shit. And so they, the impulse that I have is to just constantly shit on them, constantly, <laughs> constantly shit on them because it's like, you know, it's just impossible that you can think that highly of yourself and things in general, like just like things are going to be great. Like it's fun. Like it's a fun thing, but it's also kind of like unrealistic. So it's like trying to bring them down to earth. And sevens are also kind of um, compared to other types. Well, maybe not compared to my type, but generally selfish. You know, they want to have a good time, which can come across like, you know, it's sort of like a party person, you know, like sevens are a fun time, but not all the time is a fun time. <laughs> it's, it's like grow up <laughs> and in, in a way it's not necessarily, of course, there are plenty of mature sevens and blah, blah, blah. But uh, the attitude that sevens have can, can come off not serious you know a lot of times where because they don't really want to deal with anything that sucks yeah emotional Uh, realness is hard with a seven to be to be um put it mildly you know just because there's the emotion the intensity of the emotion that seven was doesn't want to really feel and then there's um at least when they're in it right and then there's the um the realness that they don't really want to be part of it either right so like i don't want to face the thing and I don't want to feel the things. So then where do, you, where do you go? Yeah. When it's low commitment, everything is great. Like, it's just fun. Uh, and you don't really get too deep into anything. That's the, other, that's the other thing that sucks about seven is, I mean, there's some sevens that have depth, but the personality structure of seven is not conducive to depth. <laughs> it's like, because it's like when you're moving so fast and things are interesting, uh, you can get it just, you can taste a lot of different things. There was one girl I started to see who I realized was a seven and she was really into like metaphysics and which was interesting. Like she was into all this sort of inner work modalities. And so we were talking about the Enneagram and she was, she seemed like she was, you know, on board. I I realized I was getting really annoyed that she was interested in all these, like, oh, she'd like hit me up and say, oh, I read this article that said, you know, you burn this sage and you do this thing and you say this chant and it's supposed to like, you know, do this thing for you. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me more about that? It's like, oh, no, 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 I don't. I just read this article and I did it today. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the next day, she'd call me about like some other like metaphysical thing, potion that she'd found and that she'd done. And I'd be like, I'd be curious. I'd be like, oh, so like, what's that supposed to do? Like, where, where does that go? What can I, I'm curious about, like, tell me more about how this thing works. He's like, no, no, no. I just like, you know, I just, I just checked it out and I tried it and it's, it's really interesting. Blah, blah, blah. So sevens can, just like taste things but they don't really uh i call it the airhead that's syndrome. right yeah i call it the airhead syndrome it's like i like you're interested in a lot of different shit but like personality of adhd where it's like i'm not i don't want to get too deep um because if you get too deep you might run into stuff that's not interesting it's interesting to sample a lot of different things so mm, i know an eight wing seven she's actually my mother 
And um, <laughs> so you know her pretty well. I know her pretty well. One of the most frustrating things that comes from her seven wing is, and possibly some of the eight, but it's mostly the seven wing, is uh, whenever I come up with an issue, there's always a solution. There's always a solution. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want a solution. I just, just want to crawl in, Yeah, I just want to crawl into bed and complain and pretend there isn't a solution. But there's always a way around it. Fuck that. <laughs> skip, skip over the problem. Exactly. I don't want. I want to sit in it and sulk. I've, I've known some sevens who uh, will like be in a shitty relationship or situation, and they'll stick with it too long in a weird way that's like a counter to their usual habit. Like, mm. yeah. oh, I mm-hmm. always bounce, so I'm going to stick with this. It's the shittiest thing I could stick with. But I'm going to stick with the shittiest thing possible where it's like the good thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to bounce out. But the shitty relationship or whatever, I'm just going to plow through because it's, you know, it's like doing, it's like their movement to one. It's like, I'm, I'm doing the right thing or something. Like that. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. the work, but the work but it, is in the wrong place. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> always in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, it's applying that positive outlook to really shitty situations. I, I, I yeah, definitely noticed that where um, a seven will be in a toxic relationship and somehow they've justified it to themselves that it's a lot better or it has potential to change. And that's another thing about not just sevens, but positive outlook types is that there's an over assumption that, that things have potential to grow and evolve more so than they can. Like there's an, an avoidance of the reality of the shittiness of a situation by imagining, take, you know, imagining that things are going to be dramatically better and hopeful, hoping, being hopeful about, about that. So a lot of sevens will just stay in really fucked up, dynamics based on the idea that things are going to turn out better and that you have to believe in the possibility and be hopeful that that's going to happen. You just have to believe <laughs> that's, that's a seven saying if I've ever heard one. You, you said that your mom was, is an eight with seven wing. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Cause I have a um, friend who is an eight with a seven wing. And one of the things that my six partner will tease about and still jokes about after like decades later is that she, he would say like, she would be, and this is her seven wing. It's gotta be, she would be excited for somebody. If like, they just lost their legs in a train, she would be like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. (laughs) How do you get to learn what life is like without legs? possibilities for you now like your life's gonna be epic now (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) so this kind of cheerfulness or optimism that sort of like completely attempts to blast over you know whatever which you know for a six is like come on man be with my pain (laughs) (laughs) that is the best description (laughs) of an eight wing seven that i think i've ever heard (laughs) like if i ever have a real issue it's always like i'm not i'm not bringing it to my mom first because i'm always gonna hear well now oh my god right Right. (laughs) so uh one thing about sevens that like my my first girlfriend was a seven and I think that sevens give a hard, hard time with uh, emotional discomfort than nines, you know, like mm-hmm. that they'll mm-hmm. just peace out and that they'll sort of work things through in their mind, but have not processed anything emotionally. Mm. And so there's just this like weird um, slipperiness, you know, it's like you try to, you're like trying to address something and it, and it's because it's got so much backlog. It's like a nine piecing out, but, but like uh, much more color and flavor. So it's almost distracting, 
you know, and it kind of mm-hmm. obfuscates the whole issue. Yeah, it's like they can talk about it, but there's no emotion behind it. It's like, what? <sighs> like, they can say the saddest thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I was beaten as a child and stuck in a basement for five years alone. But, you know, what is life? It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> It's yeah, like, that, are we not gonna? No, okay. <laughs> and the other thing about Seven is uh, this emotional thing that when they do emotion, it's sort of like theatrical. It's like a show, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like my most emotional relationships have been with threes, uh, counterintuitively somehow, because I feel like with Sevens that I've been with. They have the capacity to be emotional, but it, sevens can make a show out of it. Like, um, maybe they're sad, but it's like really amplify uh, sadness, or that it, you can see it and notice it, make a spectacle out of it. Um, but I don't. I never really felt because there's a sort of this speed with moving on to the next thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was just difficult to really saturate emotionally with the seven, and so yeah, the the which if for me as an eight really. Um, enables my own sort of lack of connection to the heart so like seven relationships are really easy <laughs> so it's, it's not really never talk about emotions <laughs> yeah because like neither of us are really going to go there uh but it, if i did want to go there uh the seven wouldn't be the person to really um make room emotionally in that sort of way like they wouldn't meet me there so they we would just enable each other's patterns in terms of just avoiding mm-hmm. difficult stuff so what I heard there was that threes are the most accomplished <laughs> with being emotional, and I love that. So you missed you missed all the shit that I was talking last yeah. last week. No, I I just heard that threes are emotional and they're really good at it. So we should get an A plus. Threes are the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're give they're me gonna, an A plus <laughs> in just that one category. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> I'll take my report card now. <laughs> my first girl long-term girlfriend the one i lost my virginity to was a seven we dated wow. about a year and a half all three of us started our sexual careers with sevens <laughs> uh, looks like it yeah so like the thing we had a good relationship but the big complaint that i had was i mean this was back when i was 17 and it was like extreme party days right and like people's you know, keg parties at people's parents' house when they're out of town <laughs> and all that shit, right? And um the roaring twenties. Oh yeah. The roaring twenties. It was that far back. Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. World uh, War One. And she would she would do I mean, I think this was a you know, a seven move of flirting with my friends and needing to see that Mm. needing to see you know like really blatantly too i mean it was it was really assertive like and needing to see that they dug her you know and that she had you know options right yeah she was like the queen and all that kind of stuff big slut energy (laughs) yeah big slut energy and it was brutal too i can remember you know after that happened you know a number of times i can remember one time being really drunk and i was in that you know that kind of uh i would usually be a happy drunk but this was, was one of those crying drunk times oh damn and I, had, oh, yeah. and I had all of these all of her little friends around me consoling me because she had gone like hardcore into 
uh, you know, flirtation mode one night at, at a party at her, her own house. Cause it was her own turf. So she was really going to be the queen bee. And so, you know, I had all these little 16 year old girls around me, consoling me of, you know, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a hilarious little scene. Man, that was seven's the worst. The oh, worst. Yeah, no, that, that was brutal. I mean, she had put the moves on like all my friends. She needed to, she needed to see, <laughs> that all of my friends were into her sexually. That's that's another thing about sevens, the narcissism. I mean, you could say that about all their yeah. uh, assertive types, but um, like just needing to be cool, needing to be, uh, yeah, interesting and liked. And like, there's Isn't a lot of, cock- yeah, there's a lot of cockiness around their oh, yeah. interestingness and their appeal. Um, like ability sort of a bullying way of controlling right like a way of pushing others into a sort of a a space of um, subordinates somehow Mm -hmm. yeah sevens thinks they're they're too cool for school they think they're the coolest person at the party (laughs) and that's why i i will always shit on sevens because they deserve that and more and more (laughs) partly my seven fix it's my seven fix that makes me occasionally say something really cocky and then you guys have to shoot me down (laughs) <laughs> you know sevens are the most um scary to me in a way i used to kind of feel like threes were the most like oh i don't know what to do with that deceit but um but sevens um i'm not a moral person so it's not about like right wrong but sevens um the seven i'm though i'm thinking of in particular right now she'll go into these places of she basically says i have this whole evil streak and i love it you know <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. evil characters in, in stories that she really relates to and everything and there's just something as she reveals it's almost like a serial killer starting to tell you about their exploits you know yeah like, yeah. like in yeah. her mind she's that evil and it's sort of like wow okay and maybe it's her connection to the evil and good in one or something but but it's yeah it's like if if you were if, you know so a serial killer telling you about their stuff is going to be like beyond good and evil it's like oh it's it's like <laughs> the joker get rid of all your knives <laughs> yeah the joker right yeah it's like you know like being the villain that enjoys being the villain just shameless yeah. about it uh, um, I, that's it yeah 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 so like, joker enter- entertained by it entertained by it entertained too. right there's that kind of like when a cat's playing with a thing that's still alive and you're like oh yeah. that's still alive but you're just having a really good time <laughs> and that's all that matters it's, to you it's a really good it's time. Fasc- fascinating to them to be like their own character becomes fascinating to them you know right. yeah. like it's like uh, yeah it's like i am playing character and like whoa look look at all this sh-. like there's that that mental there's the emotional detachment mixed with that ooh, this is a whole other thing right yeah it's like positive type doing uh being a bad guy or a bad girl uh because like when an eight is being bad it's sort of coming from a place of i'm already you know you're you're all we're all separate and i'm already rejected so um i'm expecting that where sevens think that they can be bad and you're still going to like it they expect you to like it Uh, there's shameless cockiness about that Mm -hmm. uh where this is still entertaining and i can get away with whatever i want yeah Yeah, that's creepy it is (laughs) (laughs) but you're right it's sort of the jokery thing like oh i'm gonna be super creepy and like lay that on you now kevin spacey (laughs) (laughs) he's a seven also also, i think sevens i think what's hard about sevens though is also their 
sensitivity like it you don't see it because that what you what's forward is this whole other thing like you're talking about the assertiveness and the narcissism but but there's also this kind of the reason they're not dipping down into their emotions is because it's so intense for them right and so like when you learn to coach a seven it's about like like allowing them it's providing them an ability to just dip down into a little bit and then come back up and dip down in a little bit again and come back out you know because they can't sustain the intensity of the experience partly because they just aren't familiar with it right so it's mm. like it's like constant chalkboard sound and you just have to stop it for after a while so but um but i think that the thing is that they're so sensitive and so the hard thing is to get into that depth and to kind of feel what allows them to relieve that sensitivity a little bit or something you know but i think like it's great when they can get into that but really hard when they're right on that slippery edge so sevens are flaky unemotional <laughs> <laughs> villains Nar 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 i hope everybody after listening to these two episodes feels terrible about their type yeah yeah I hope, hopefully we got you hopefully we made you feel like shit so Thank you very much, Karina, for being on with us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was very illuminating. <laughs> yeah, I feel like shit. It's great. <laughs> great. That's Perfect. what we go for here. <laughs> you, you almost met our standards. <laughs> but not quite. Not quite. <laughs> All right. Night, guys. All right. Night, everybody. Night. Night. Let's find out what you are about. What's hidden in